bundle who will bring it away. Not out of danger yet, though. Cries it, holding the ball. The crowd have just gone off. Hogs back oh, don't touch me! Oh, 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 I think that's Luke Ball. Luke Ball has just... It's the goal of the day. It might even be the goal of the year. Ball that's just falling out of hand. Now, can we have a shot at goal? It's against Spice! It's Spice! He's picked it up and he's just put it on the left. Welcome to the Eastland Weekend Forecast. A big couple of rounds to get to before the upcoming final series, which is right around the corner. A lot of sides needing wins this week for their finals hopes. Blackburn, Wonturner South, Fair Park, Mulgrave, and even East Burwood, who have had a very busy week. So plenty to get to today. And as always, we've got the full Friday crew in. I'm Ryan Long and joined by Josh Ward, Jared Beanland, and Matt Spider Lee. Uh, Jared, big game tomorrow out at Baldwin that we're at. And. Um, I'm sure you're looking forward to it and getting through all the games today. Yeah, it's going to be excellent. Uh, g'day, guys, and to all the listeners. Uh, yeah, Ballin versus Donny East. First time we're seeing Donny East uh, this year, so very much looking forward to that, given they are a strong finals uh, contender. And coming up against Ballin, we'll see where both of them are at going into uh, what will be a very excellent and close Premier Div final series. Yeah, absolutely. And Josh Ward, back on the uh, calling chair as well this week, and yeah. I think that's the first game you've called in a few weeks for us, so sure you're looking forward to being out there again. The third time we've been at Ball until it, this year. It has been, and I'm looking forward to seeing Donny East, of course, many Carlton names, and I'm looking forward to seeing them. But, um, yeah, it, it's going to be a good matchup, and there's still plenty of discussion to be had about many match-up, matchups this weekend, particularly in Divisions 1 down to 4 with the penultimate round of the season. And Spider, there's, of course, uh, a lot to talk about when we get to Division 2 with your club, the East Burwood Rams, a big weekend for them. Sure, you've been speaking to a few people, and obviously obviously uh, a lot of other clubs as well as usual. Good afternoon everyone, great to be here Ryan, looking forward to talking in detail about all the action both on and off the field, but uh, look what a brilliant couple of uh, rounds we've got coming up to decide final spots across all divisions and uh, some real exciting games on offer this weekend, so if you're not sure of what you're going to do this weekend then uh, start looking towards the Eastern Football Netball League and uh, have a look at one of the games from the Premier right down to Division 4 because there is plenty to choose from and and uh, I'll tell you, if you're looking at some of the games, uh, there's a lot of hard ones to pick this week. I think this is one of the, the hardest weeks uh, for some selections, but we'll try and give you as much info as we can in the next little while, but certainly plenty on offering uh, here today, boys. Absolutely. Let's start the top as we do always. We're going to leave the Bullwin versus Doncaster East game until tomorrow as the match of the round. Uh, the Lions have actually made nine changes, so mm-hmm. probably a bit to look at tomorrow afternoon. But let's jump into the... Premier Division Grand Final rematch, the second Grand Final rematch. We, we covered this game earlier uh, between Noble Park and Roval, this time out at Seabeck. And funny enough, uh, last time, Josh, and we were at that game where, you know, despite the Hawks controlling most of it for three quarters, it was the Bulls who kicked about eight goals to zip in that last quarter to runaway winners. And, and Jackson Sketcher just really took over, really. Mm. I mean, having a look at it, I think he had 49 touches, kicked four goals, and was just the, you know, the... Very influential, probably just let put the side on his back and, and led him to victory. So it's going to be a lot harder this time, especially at Seaback where uh, Roval played really well. And since probably a, a wobbly start in the first couple of weeks, they've become one of the sides to beat. Yeah, I think they definitely go in as favourites this time around through Roval. I think last time most of us did tip Roval, but I think it's a bit safer just because they're in their best form in the last couple of weeks. And... I, I really think they're they're looking the goods at the moment and 
prob- probably a Vermont's biggest challengers. Obviously, you still got East Ringwood and and Bowen around there, but they're probably the biggest threat to Ver- to Vermont, just given what they can do at their best. And um, they're reinforced this week. Piz Rosby, Tyler Edwards, Tane Barlow, Jake Arundel, all coming back from the VFL level. Those are some really big inclusions. Equally for Noble Park, there's some good inclusions. The two Marsons back into the side, yeah, and Luke Bull, yeah, the two Nelsons. Ah, uh, Nelson, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> too many, too many. No, <laughs> too brothers. many brothers, yeah. yeah. And then Sebastian Quirk as well, who's played a bit at the VFL level. But yeah, it's it's definitely going to be an interesting game. And the thing about that last time, I think Noble Park only scored in two quarters, the second and final quarter, and it's definitely not going to hold up, especially out at Seabeck. Yeah, Jade. Well, I mean, where do you see this one going? Obviously, we've seen Roval not that long ago and it was probably their worst performance in the last two months but besides that they've been pretty flawless uh, they still don't have Cooper McDonald who uh, I'm hoping will get back to the final series I'm not so sure, sure on his uh, timeline but mm. other than that they've got a, a pretty strong lineup as well yeah you would hope so uh, obviously uh, Nick Schoenmaker's going down uh, makes a bit of a difference but it was pointed out that it's uh, you know it's freed up uh, Ben Wise and what he's been able to do with the forward line with the ruck situation and, and whatnot so they have a, perhaps a little bit more flexibility there. Uh, Noble Park, it's going to be interesting to see whether or not they can hit the scoreboard. That seems to be the, the main issue uh, for Noble Park in the past. Well, for the for the whole season, uh, for the most part. Uh, this is, I think this game's going to look a lot different from the round one uh, situation. And uh, Roville as well, they... They showed a lot of heart and a lot of character last week, as as was pointed out by uh, Wayne Brasher on the um, on the recovery podcast. Uh, and I think they will be hardened from that. It was it was a really tough matchup against uh, South Croydon, and you know it seems that Roville, whenever they get faced with a challenge these days, they're able to they're up to the task. They're able to weather the storm, and uh, you know even if Noble Park does bring that sort of pressure game that we saw against uh, Bullwin at uh, King's Birthday, uh, I think Roville will be able to. Uh, Withstand it. I think you just got to find a way to win, and that's what Roval did last week. They probably didn't play at their their best, and Ben Wise would probably acknowledge that. But uh, this week is where they need to bring that best out of themselves, particularly at home against a quality opponent that is fighting for that final spot. You know, Noble Park, not too much more wriggle room for them. They need to keep winning. They need to start to get that team. Uh, Bedded down so that that team is ready to go potentially for a final spot. They need to lock that away. Uh, if they can win their next couple of games, then that is secure and they'll participate in the finals. But uh, another slip up, but then they continue to leave that door open for for potentially Blackburn mm-hmm. if they keep winning to uh, you know, continue uh, their journey and, and maybe pinch that final spot in the in the final week. But I think for, for Rover, what it ultimately comes down to is the way they, if they can start and progress and play that four quarters of solid, you know, relentless pressure football, you know, if they can continue through the midfield to, to get that, exert that dominance over a quality Noble Park midfield and make guys like Casey, Sketcher, Horton Mill and account 
accountable for what they're doing uh, and also around the ground being able to continue that forward pressure and that defensive pressure as well uh, that is certainly going to go a long way to winning the game and they're getting that contribution we talked about for a number of weeks now across uh, you know yeah, guys contributing and kicking goals for them so it's going to be a real test for Noble Park defensively to you know to be able to contain that Roval forward line and uh, the conditions look like uh, they're going to hold up we know uh, we're going to get have some rain potentially at some point on late Friday evening the ground might be a little bit uh, you know heavier in part but generally Seaback is okay so I think we'll find that uh, you know this game will should be you know, well you know well anticipated and I think it's going to be one of those games that's going to be pretty close I can't see this being a, a sizable margin I think this is going to be very close and go down once again to to the wire but just have a bit of a feeling at home Roval might be able to stretch Noble just a little bit more you know just with the ground size and with their pressure up forward and uh, just their dominance through midfield at the moment I think just they're playing some really good footy and I think they might be able to get this job done uh, in front of their home uh, faith or tomorrow I reckon there definitely will be a pretty big crowd that might will them over the line Roval as well that the the, the fans will probably potentially play as a 19th player and it's why I'm backing them in but it is definitely going to be close I well, think. well it's also that having that second spot if Roval can get the second spot, I give them every chance in playing in the grand final. Oh yeah, definitely. Right? If I they don't get the double, if they don't finish in the top two, I think then the question is, can they once again climb that mountain and get over? Because uh, they've got to go through potentially the preliminary final route where they've got to play well, yeah, three or four the, games. The top two, the is, top two so is so critical the for them in a top six format. So I, th- I think they can, Josh. And looking at yeah. their run home they're three games this is their hardest of the three so win this one they'll be very um it'd be tough to see them dropping out yeah i definitely think that no matter what they'll probably be playing top two obviously because i think ball and play noble park on the run home and maybe they might not go into that game as favorites and And tomorrow's game as well yeah tomorrow's game as well so i think yeah they they probably get that top two spot but even even if they don't i think obviously they they may struggle to do so but i think they have the list capable of doing so and I think they have the team to, to get the job done here Jared yeah honestly uh, if and if Roval do make it to that spot it's it's difficult to see how it's not going to end up being a Vermont Roval grand final it's an early cry it, it, it's calling the shot a little bit early but uh, it just seems like those those are the two teams that have been consistently winning against uh, the fellow potential finals uh, contenders yeah, absolutely. Let's move on to another really important game, and for different reasons, for the two sides here in Blackburn and South Croydon, it's a, it, a bit like a mini grand final almost, because for Blackburn, they just have to win to stay in the hunt for a final spot with two really tough games to finish the year. As a South Croydon, they almost almost pulled off an upset last week against Rovals, the last kick of the game for Nashua Wood, who won it for the Hawks, and Unfortunately for the Dogs, that leaves them in 11th position. They do have Doncaster to come, but if Park Orchards get one more win, South Carolina are going to win, need to win two of their last three and certainly think they're a big chance here, Spider. Uh, looking at the two sides, uh, Blackburn do bring in some good talent there in, in Sam Hart, Telford, Harry and Faulkner. As the South Carolina and Tulshnik, uh 
Zenio and Hofert come into the side for them. So some good into both uh, teams. Also, South Korean do lose Marshall, Kelly and Cass. So, I mean, they've, they've been constantly missing players each mm-hmm. week and there's been a lot of changes. But do you see a, a bit of an upset there? I don't even know if it'd be that big of an upset. They do have the, the wood over Blackburn, don't they, uh, Spider? Yeah, it goes, back to, it goes back to 2019, back to the preliminary final when Blackburn deferred South Korean in, in that game. So there's been a bit of a drought, you know, almost four years. And obviously we've had a COVID, COVID year in the middle of that as well. So there's been a bit of a period of time where there's been a bit of dominance uh, from South Croydon over Blackburn. So Blackburn would certainly want to turn the tables and it's a big time that they could do it. So and it's on their home ground. Look, we saw this game early in the year on Anzac Day and for parts of it, Blackburn were in the game. Mm. They they transitioned the ball well. They connected up well through the midfield. You know, Hart played really played really well. Uh, Layla played really well as well. They got their run ball movement going and at times they looked as, like they were well in control of the game. But just some lapses at some critical times Times, opened the door for South Croydon to get back into that game and then guys like Wilson stepped up late in the game, put some goals on the board, obviously you know, the, the little men for the Bulldogs got busy, Mallison etc uh, you know, they got their hands on the ball you know, Cox was very good uh, etc, so you know, Schink was good, uh, so they had, you know, Hofer was good in the ruck and we know, you know King, um, Max got in, involved in that game and then but it's obviously a different combination that's turned up since then. You know, things have gone backwards for South Croydon since that game in dramatic circumstances. So, in the last week, some good signs for South Croydon. Look, they were in the game and very unlucky not to win it. Yeah, that amazing kick from Wood uh, gets them over the line, breaks their heart. Um, so they'll be scratching their head thinking, well, that's one that got away by five points. So they go up to, to Blackburn this week. If they play with the same level of intensity, they'll take the game right up to the Burners. But the Burners need, need to be on their game. They've got to come with the right attitude. And if they can get their, their run and ball movement going, give their forwards an opportunity... I think that that's the one thing for Blackburn. Yeah, some good ins defensively. Faulkner will certainly give them something. Yep. Yeah, we know what his reliability is. Uh, it's good to see that they're also giving Telford a game. Uh, a young player that's been you know playing at reserve grade level. He, he looks like he's an exciting forward. So they're not afraid to bring some younger players into the picture, Blackburn, and give players a look and do try and do some things different. We know Hicks has been very good for them at times. Uh, yeah, when yep. he's had to go up forward. So. They're having some, a go at different combinations. So Blackburn do have options up forward, and if they can get some system going, uh, you know, Harry back into the team gives them that height advantage um, you know, and gives them a little bit more structure as well. So they've got the, the combinations to match it with South Croydon. It's whether they can do it consistently over the four-quarter period. I think at home, you always think that Blackburn are a couple of goals better side, and I think they might be able to get over the line in what will be a very exciting clash. I'm going to go for Blackburn. I think this might be around about a 10-point margin. I think there's more on the line for Blackburn. They need to win this game to stay in contention. This is season-defining for them. A loss for them, it's practically all over for them for the year, and it's a missed opportunity. But whereas South Croydon, they're playing for their survival in in the competition. Do they want to be a premier club in 2024, Mm. or do they want to have to go down and work their way back up? So some... Big game uh, attitudes need to happen in this match. And look, for South Croydon, they've just got to come with the right 
attitude and they, the right intensity and, uh, right from the outset. And, Jared, looking at the way they played last week, you, you feel for them because they really put everything out there and Kilpatrick was fantastic. Again, he's had a phenomenal season. Uh, Liam Cox played really well. Um, and then Matt Jones, who's missed a fair few games this season as well, came back in and played um, his role. So I think... I mean, for me, I'll, I'll go early with my tip. I'm actually tipping South Croydon because yeah. I'm not sold on Blackburn. Their form last week against Doncaster, you can't read much into that one. Obviously and that's a hard was, game, Ryan, because yeah. when, you, when you look at it, what happened, obviously there was a break in the game because of a Doncaster player sustaining a very serious leg injury. The Doncaster player went yeah, down. Yeah, that's why I don't think uh, you can take yeah, much. And then, so the momentum of Blackburn gets, uh, you know, taken away from them. Unfortunately, you know, so the game and the game still went ahead, which, uh, which which was at least the game got completed. Uh, and both teams, to their credit, you know, when that situation happens, it's not an easy one. So uh, Blackburn, you know, would have could have, you know, they would have felt that they probably would have got a bigger win. But uh, they'll they'll move on. But they need to win this game. And uh, Doncaster, in that in that sense, uh, you know, well, you know, that's a sad part of footy. Someone gets injured, but uh, that's just how things happen. But I, I think for for Blackburn, yeah. they just got to keep working. And South Croydon, well, this is a game for yeah. them. And, yeah, and yeah. looking at Blackburn's form, uh, just in their last three games at Morton Park, they've also lost two. So yeah, I, I don't think uh, South Croydon will have any fear going there to to play their uh, brand of footy. No. I would say so, uh, and and the the form in general as well. I mean, lose, losing to Park Orchards not long ago, a close win over Norwood, and then we go back the week before that, and they only kicked two goals against Noble Park. Uh, so Blackburn are dropping off uh, towards the end of the season. I think South Gordon would see them as as being pretty vulnerable. It, it's it is all on the line here for Blackburn. Not quite all on the line for South Gordon, since if they do drop this, they got Doncaster and they. Then they've got Norwood, another shot at Norwood uh, in the last round, uh, and that could be for their place in Premier Division. However, Blackburn, you lose this and you're pretty much done. So if it's well, about the sort Ringer, of... East Ringer in the last game, and then was it Roval? Roval. So Roval they'll lose both yeah. those. So yeah. they need to win one of those two, but they're still then relying on perhaps a Noble Park to lose a game. They have they're to slip up, yeah. They, they have yeah. to win. Oh, like, yeah. So they have yeah. to win. Absolutely. percentage is done, Look, so yeah. I, I, thought, I think if this game was at South Croydon, I'd be tipping South Croydon, mm-hmm. but just on the fact that it's at Blackburn, it, they're just... A fraction nose ahead, uh, but I think I think this will be this could go either way. Or yeah. go, really could. No, yeah. that, that makes a lot of sense. I, I personally, uh, I'm going to go for Blackburn in this one just because we saw them against South Croydon on Anzac Day, and that they, they were periods of the match where Blackburn definitely controlled uh, the game. And if they can bring that against South Croydon, a South Croydon that is way more undermanned now and much mm. more, uh, you know, tricky to, uh, you know, tip four. Uh, I, I've got to have Blackburn in this one, uh, Josh. I'm having a hard time tipping this one. I was thinking about having this as as my Super Bruce Duffy as Oppert goes on the table again. Um, I think I'll go South Croydon, though. I They have the wood over Blackburn. They they won't mind playing it at, at Morton Park. I, I definitely think they can knock them over, and I think it's, what, five in a row they've won against them since 2021. And I just think they'll be able to... They'll be confident of getting the job done. So, yeah, I'm backing the Bulldogs in. Massive game there tomorrow at Morton Park. Uh, moving on to Norwood versus Doncaster at Mullen Mullen Reserve. Obviously a big win for Norwood last week against uh, Doncaster East. Mm. Uh, quick tips on this one. Doncaster bringing in a much stronger side this week and looking those ins. I mean, Kyle Vickers back in. That's the first time for, for quite a while that he's been back at this level. Uh, Coglin, Vanderhaar, uh 
Anarchus is back as well. So that, they've been able to bring in some good players, and they were very competitive against Blackburn at Shrams last weekend. Well, they'd be so encouraged, wouldn't they, Ryan? I well, mean, you will. That was, a, yeah. you know, some good efforts last week, considering the circumstances we just, uh, you know, spoke about a few moments ago. But having those players come back in gives them some confidence going into this game. But you just suspect that Norwood at home uh, will get the job done. But you think this? I think this will be a pretty close game. I think Doncaster might push them, but this is their best opportunity to win a game uh, in you know in the run yeah. to the, the close of the season. Yeah, I think. I think so. Probably because Vickers may not be available for the rest of the season with VFL duties. Coughlin potentially as well at the Box Hill Hawks, and you know they bring back Van, Todd Vanderhaar, which is also a very good inclusion for their forward line. Not nor would a. I think without Michael Wynn as well. Yeah, in so Ruck, he comes out is, of the side. Which is a massive out for them. He's been by far the, the Norseman's best player. O'Day comes back in. I'm still going to back the Norseman here, but I think it was 60 points earlier in the season. I I definitely think it can be a bit closer. Yeah, I've got, uh, I've got Norwood in this one. I, I don't particularly have as much faith in Doncaster even with the ends uh, to, to mm-hmm. take this one, just given you know their form throughout the year. I think it's uh, pretty simple. Yeah, I'd, I'll be tipping uh, Norwood quite comfortably mm-hmm. as well. Uh, Park Orchards versus v- uh, Vermont out at Dominey Reserve tomorrow. Uh, down, during the week, Dennis Arnfield announced that he wouldn't be going on in 2024. So we do like to give uh, our best wishes to Dennis. Uh, still an important three games for him and the club because uh, they're not safe from uh, relegation just yet. They're in that 10th spot, but South Croydon do have uh, a couple of chances to win some games. So they probably need maybe an upset. They've got Berwick in that Mm -hmm. final round, which I'll look as a winnable game. But uh, just with the way the Eagles are going, I think everyone around the table are tipping Vermont. Well, you're tipping Vermont, but you also just say that they are an improved side and they've played with a lot more confidence and competitive nature in the last six weeks, uh, Park Orchards. And I think that's something that Dennis Armfield does leave the club with, knowing that they've had really had a crack in the last mm. you know, six weeks. They've really started to lift their intensity and their work rate, and I think their performances have certainly improved. And if they can uh, you know, pinch a win in the next couple of weeks and uh, cement their spot in uh, Premier, then that's a, that'll be a good result for them and give them something to take into 2024. And whoever does get the get the reins will certainly be able to, to work with that group and, and build upon uh, the layers that Dennis has uh, certainly built over the last couple of seasons. Yeah, definitely. And then the final game in Premier Division, East Ring would take on Berwick. Now, this is a twilight game, so that's mm-hmm. a 4.45pm start time, I think, from memory. So if you're coming from a ground and you still want some more local footy, head out there to East Ringwood Reserve for another big clash. And similar to this last game that we just mentioned in Park Orchards uh, versus Vermont, I think Berwick have also improved a lot in the second half of the season and will be really competitive in this one. But again, they're probably in that middle middle of the pack, um, similar to a Norwood where there's nothing on the line either way, Jared. Mm-hmm. And as to East Ringwood, if they are to make a top two, which I think they can with their run home, it's just the other sides above them that probably will um, stop them from doing so. They just have to uh, win this just one. Just important yeah. that they win, Ryan. I think this is the fact that they just have to make sure they tick that win off 
and don't give Berwick an opportunity to uh, you know, to get them uh, and expose them. So I think that's a, the big thing for East Ringle. They just want to make sure that they get this win. They're just going to have to grind it out. There might be an opportunity for them at some point in time, Berwick, that they'll push them. So it might not be uh, all one-way traffic through the game. So they might just have to find a way to win. and might not be all pretty mm-hmm. uh, throughout the course of the game, but... You know, the Roos will just have to find that way to win, make sure they get the points and uh, set themselves for the weeks going forward. But uh, very important that they get that win, give themselves an opportunity to finish in the top two or three. Yeah, this one smells like a uh, two or three goal, yet still comfortable win for East Ringwood. Yeah, like a, a low-scoring match, one that East Ringwood's perhaps challenged in but uh, has control for, for most of the day. Just given how, uh, how professional they are as an outfit, how good they are defensively, but also how Berwick, uh, you know, they'll have a crack. They absolutely will. They're one of the best pressure sides in the in the competition, and I, I don't see them lying down, even if there's nothing on the line for them. Yeah, I think they definitely won't lay down, but at East Ringwood Reserve, it's still always a tough trek out there, and I think uh, there'll be a bit of unfamiliarity for Berwick having not played there before, so it's, um yeah, East Ringwood, for me, Harry Nolan back from VFL Judas as well, and was, I think, Last time he played for East Ringwood, best on ground. So yes, yeah, he was. So him, Marky Smith, uh, Marotta come in for Kane, Delaney, and Farmer, Mitch Farmer. That is, but um, no, I'm with you. I'm going to be tipping East Ringwood in that one. Let's jump into Division One now. Beaconsfield versus North Ringwood at Home Park Reserve. Now this is fourth versus fifth, and just before we get into probably consequences of this game and and how it may affect the uh, finals race. Just having a look at some of the ins, I've just seen that Matt Johnson back in the side for Beacon, so that's a big tick, mm. uh, alongside Damien Johnston, who comes back in, a few other changes as well. The, the significant out, Jafar Oka, I think um, I read something in the week that he might be done for the, the season, so it so. is a bit more of a, a serious injury, which is really unfortunate because he's been uh, very lively when he's been in the side this week, and they are a better side when he does play. So, unfortunately, they will be missing him probably for that first final, which could be against North Ringwood. So, mm-hmm. having a look at the, the run home, Jared, um, yep. both sides next week, Beaconsfield play Lilydale, which mm-hmm. they, you'd expect them to win. North Ringwood take on Wanturna South. So, if North Ringwood win this one, you think that's your elimination final no matter what, fourth versus fifth. Yep. If North Ringwood lose, it sets up a big date with Wanturna South if they beat Bayswater. So, for me, if, if North Ring would win, we can sort of just about lock that five up. But if not, it just, just leaves the door slightly open for, for um, the Devils. Yeah, it does. And it's going to be interesting to see sort of where, like where North Ringwood comes at this from, whether or not this is sort of like a desperation stakes game, really not wanting to leave anything up to chance. Or, you know, uh, or if they're going to be saving themselves a little bit for a potential finals run, I, I'd I'd imagine that they'd go the former. Uh, yeah. I feel like it would oh, be uh, too risky to not do that. Uh, yeah, Johnson in is pretty big, and we don't have the teams through for North Ringwood just oh, yet. There oh, actually are teams now. Jake Gaspar, a name familiar to Blackburn people, back in uh, playing, I think, possibly what, his first North Ringwood game for the season and mm-hmm. come back from VFL duties. Aaron Fennon is also in That's forward. Huge. So That's yeah. their, their midfield is really strong with, you know, Jack Whelan, who was absolutely stellar in the, the match of the round last His week. past month, Whelan has been mm. 
excellent. Amazing. It's He's just always been in their best players, very consistent. I just think their last month, North Ring, you've got to take a lot of credit for the way that they've been playing. I think Robin Nahas has done a sensational job just to turn the group around after a little bit of a shaky start early in the season. And they're now putting themselves in a, a real opportunity to play finals. So I think it's uh, you know, good things from them. They've, they've really made things work for them. That win over Bayswater, I, I've had the feeling that they could get the job done. Uh, and I think just in the last few weeks, they've really just proven what that they are a capable side. So yep. I think this one against Beaconsfield, for me, uh, suggests that they'll get the job done as well. I think Beaconsfield doing pretty well. They're, they're showing some really good signs and it's a bit going to be a bit of an arm wrestle this game. Just think maybe North Ringwood might just hold the slight upper hand, if any, and might be able to just uh, nudge their way over the line and uh, record a win and secure that finals berth uh, one week out. I'm going to back Beaconsfield just because it's out at, at Home Park and you know, Johnston coming back and Johnston as well. Johnston is really big for their midfield, as, you, as is Mitch Sisbowski back from VFL duties. That's a, there's some really good ins for Beaconsfield. And they took it right up to Montrose uh, last weekend out at Montrose too. So, and, and they've shown they can go in a shootout and you yeah. add Matt Johnson to that forward line. They've got to be able to do it consistently there, Josh. I mean, it's okay to do it last week against Montrose and we acknowledge and praise them for that. But you've got to be able to replicate it, and I think that's going to be their biggest challenge uh, going into this game. I definitely think they can again against North Ringwood, who are strong defensively, but with you know with Hayden Bro, with Jake Bow down in that forward line, Josh Mounter listed down there, maybe he can kick a goal or two. Yep. It, it, I definitely think they are capable of Darren, putting on a high score. Darren Mentington, which yeah. has been good, hasn't he? Well. Uh, yeah, Jared as well. I have yeah. to agree. Um, and, and the one thing for me for North Ringwood, no Michael Loco again. Uh, this mm. week, which is uh, he was best on ground last time they played each other, and uh, with Johnson coming back in uh, to the side for Beaconsfield, that's a that's a glaring omission for for North Ringwood, which is uh, a little bit disappointing that they're not necessarily going to be going at uh, Beaconsfield with uh, their strongest lineup. That's always going to be the case. But, but you're not always so going to have uh, th- those combinations. But I no. think their cha- I think their team has changed a fair bit mm. since that, I, I, and I think they've improved in other areas. North yeah, Ringwood, absolutely. So yeah. I think that. They'll probably look at that and say, "No, we, we've we've added to this other area of the ground, and other players have taken on other responsibilities." So, I think in that in that area, they've really made uh, made up for those losses. I think it's that forward line uh, that uh, that's the area that they've improved the most. Uh, North Ringwood, for, for mine anyway, Patterson and uh, Livingston, Law as well. They've uh, started to get on the board. Uh, Cullinan doesn't necessarily look like uh, an X factor necessarily when we saw him uh, at Bayswater, but he draws that de- uh, key defender. You know, he's someone you absolutely cannot ignore, otherwise, he will get off the chain. Jackson Braunthal as well. Mm. I think Brash mentioned that he's almost mm. Charlie Haley. Like, I, I definitely think he is. He's. he's He's very creative and can find the big stick. So they are starting to get more bit of production out of that forward line, which is a real positive for them heading into finals. Four best on grounds in a row for Jack Wheel and for North Ringwood. Yeah. So he's in the form yeah. of his red-hot form and, and definitely a chance. Yeah, and probably needs another big one if they are to get over mm. the line against Beaconsfield. And then obviously that setting up that elimination final in a couple weeks' time if it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I'm tipping Beaconsfield at home. I would have tipped North Ringwood at Quamby, uh, but over there I'm tipping Beaconsfield. We'll move on to the next game, Croydon versus Montrose. In terms of the season, there's not a whole lot that uh, this game will 
certainly have an impact on in terms of the ladder. Uh, looking at the last time these sides met, Blues actually knocked them off um, in mm. a bit of an upset out at Montrose, now at Croydon Oval. They'll be uh, certainly up against it to do it twice in a season. Hag and Cardamone come in for the Blues as the Montrose Bow Tenant comes in for Bow Ringer. So looking at the two teams, I just think Montrose with the form they're in and they can't put their foot off the gas. I know they've locked off, uh, locked up that top three spot. They will be playing Mitchum in the first week of the finals, but they've got to come in with the right attitude, Jared, and the yep. right uh, form into that game and uh, the rest of the final series as well. Yeah, it's not the sort of game that I would expect Montrose to drop at this point in the season. As much as I've spoken about their potential inconsistency, you know, that that draw against North Ringwood uh, is definitely a sign to me that that inconsistency is still there, still hanging around at Montrose. Uh, I I just think this close to a final series, I I doubt that they're going to go in with that... uh, that mental complacency, especially after losing against Croydon earlier in the year, they're going to want to right that wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyone yeah. disagree on this one? No, I think Montrose win this one. Yeah, Mont- Montrose comfortably. Croydon definitely looking at building and rebuilding for the future. So, look, they've uh, shown some better signs in, over the last few weeks, but uh, I think uh, Montrose is going to be way too, uh, you know, way too good in this game. Yeah, I agree with that one. Uh, next game, Mitchum versus Murlbach. Pretty much a, a similar case here. The Tigers have locked up that top three spot, so they, again, will be playing Montrose in the first week of the finals. Murlbach are just about out. I think mathematically there's you can mm-hmm. make some sort of case for them, but realistically they're done for the season. So not a whole lot to play for from them. I think the Tigers at home quite comfortably. Wright, Kimber, Lee and Howe come into the side. Um, looking at Murlbach, oh, sorry, Wex and Howe, uh, love will come out for them. As for Murlbach, uh, Hamilton... Walker and Simons comes in for Rogat, Hartman and Keeling. So a couple of big losses there for the Mustangs. I think the Tigers by seven or eight goals again. I think that was a similar margin that they beat them by yeah. last time. And they're coming in off a really good victory against Croydon. It, it, I'll keep saying it. It's always a tough trip down the Maroondah Highway to Walker Park. I think they get the job done comfortably. Yeah, yep. you think so. I mean, Mitchum are always hard to beat at home. And they're just that sort of side. If they can get off to a flying start and uh, put some scoreboard pressure on early... Cannot see really Murlbach getting back into the contest. But a few spots still up for grabs uh, for the Tigers at the moment. So a few players, good opportunity for guys like Kimber to uh, you know, really press to see if they uh, can get that final spot because uh, obviously you know the coaching panel will be having a look at some guys that might be just on the fringe at the moment that are pushing from reserve grade level that are you know probably players that they can identify to have a look at certain areas of where they can continue to improve uh, at the the back end of their uh, their list so that'll be a, that'll be good to see how they progress in this game so if you get that opportunity, you've just got to take it at this time of the year because uh, this is when you can really uh, make a bit of a name for yourself and, and get that final spot. The one thing that raises my eyebrows about this game is just in particular the outs for Mitchum, Wax yep. and Lovell, two very good players. Just wondering, rested, injured? Uh, I'd say be rested. Well, you just don't take the risk, so. you just don't yeah, take the risk Jared. I mean, exactly. and that's why I'm talking about you give opportunity now because let's say the injury or circumstances happen that prevent players playing, you need to know who's next in the queue. Yep. So in this sort of a game, you give a couple of those players that are on the fringe the opportunity to show the coaching panel what they can do and the selectors, they have a look and say, okay, there's a couple of hands up. If we need them, 
They're certainly yeah. there. They're available for selection. We know that we can make the necessary changes if we need to and might need to make those uh, those requirements. So I think that's really important to know what how strong your depth is. Yep. There's a bit of experimentation there. As well, you don't over-experiment, but mm. you check your depth. Mm-hmm. Depth is what can win your premierships and what can win your big finals games. And sometimes the depth players can be your most important players come finals time. And, Jared, probably the biggest player in, in their side or their best player at the moment is Tom Lovell, how important yep. he is to the side. So exactly. um, he, he'll be key, certainly comes to He, he will be, yep. definitely. Uh, I would say this is... Uh, I, I've got Mitchum in this one, definitely. It's just, once again, battle of the midfields as uh, as it usually would be against Moorabah, given that's where a lot of their quality is. Uh, I just think that Mitchum, they need to get their midfield on top early uh, just to make sure of this one. Uh, don't want to give Moorabah a sniff. I, I still think Mitchum comfortably, but there is that danger that it could be uh, you know a bit of a slip up there for, for the Tigers in the next game I think we all know the tips <laughs> of this one South <laughs> Belgrave versus Lilydale uh, first versus second undefeated versus the winless uh, Lilydale so a very one sided contest you would imagine but I think the last time these two sides played Lilydale actually put in quite a good effort but out at South Belgrave Reserve I think this one could be Potentially ugly. I'm not too sure. Um, having a look at the sides, uh, Lillardale not listed yet, but for South Belgrave, Withers, Connolly, and Costa come back in. So that's three really good players. Um, Josh, I'm assuming you'd be uh, oh, yeah. tipping South Belgrave in this one by a pretty comfortable margin. I'll, I'll just put it at that. Uh, I think. Yeah, out at South Belgrave. I don't think Lily Dollar will enjoy the trip up there. Yeah, there'll be no mercy from uh, South Belgrave uh, on this occasion. And you think a, a very big win. Lily Dollar just got to make the most of the afternoon and just have those little wins across the day and just, you know, uh, yeah, have a bit of a look at what they can uh, yeah, get get out of the afternoon. And some of their younger players and, and take some good learnings from the game because uh, they're going to need it going into 2024 uh, when they play in uh, Division 2. Yeah, I've obviously got South Belgrave in this one. Uh, Lilydale kicked one of their highest scores this uh, for this yeah, year against South Belgrave last time they met in round eight, eleven four seventy. So accurate accuracy definitely helped in that regard. Uh, but you know, still something to to be uh, you know still something that's noteworthy. However, yeah, absolutely. South Belgrave have to have to do this one. The good news coming out of Lilydale is that this week they also uh, announced that Luke McCormack will be, uh, remain as senior coach next season for 2024, which is fantastic. And that's and stability, Ryan, yeah, because exactly. you need that for a club that is going down. It's easy to say, OK, let's part ways, go our separate ways. But for a club that has struggled this year, they need to, one, bring the playing group together, but also have the faith in Luke so that he can, you know, really go about rebuilding that club because they need rebuilding from a development perspective. And this might take a couple of seasons. It might be a case where they might be in the bottom half of Division 2 even next year and just take those small little steps to become competitive again. So, But if he's been entrusted with that role, then they show that they've got the uh, utmost faith in uh, what he's currently doing with that group because we are seeing some small signs and we've seen it over the last couple of weeks with the you know some small improvements in quarters here and quarters there so some there are little uh, positive signs for them going forward it's a very young side so you can't expect too much in terms of um 
progress on the field mm. straight away it does take a bit of time and I think they do have the right man yeah, at well, the job. Yeah, well, it's getting the 19s and coming having, through. Well, 19s, 17s have been really through. good for them yeah. and off the field they seem to be quite connected and um, still striving there. So hopefully for them next season they can find some wins in Division 2. And then the final game in Division 1 this weekend is Wonturna South versus Bayswater. So this game... Bayswater, again, similar to Murlbuck, you can make a mathematical case, but mm-hmm. they're out of the running. Wonturna South, if Northring would lose, their best chance is, is defeating Bayswater and then knocking off the Saints next week. So a lot of line, a lot on the line for the Devils. Uh, they bring back Wallace O'Keefe and Del Papa out, uh, Delaney, Bacars and Gerloff uh, for Bayswater. Kiddo comes in for Scott. So... An interesting one, Josh. I mean, where do you sort of see this? I don't think we learnt anything about the Devils last week in their game against Lillardale. It was important for them just to be able to get their seventh win, which they've been waiting for uh, quite some time for. But um, in terms of the side, there's still a lot of key players that are missing. Um, but do you do you back him in at home, more to play for? I, I think you've got to tip him. Yeah, I think you do too. Del Papa, Wallace and O'Keefe come back into the lineup particularly okay for that forward line is is pretty handy and you know they are I think they found form against 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 obviously Lilydale and they obviously have and you know they're obviously still winless but yeah I I give them a bit more of a chance just because yeah baseballer don't have too much to play for now I mean I, I'm sure they wouldn't mind playing spoiler the waters I think They'll want to make up for what happened last time. I think it was 42 points against one Turner South out of Bayswater Oval. So that's what's got me leaning more towards one Turner South just because that last time they won comfortably at Bayswater Oval and I think that will give them a bit of confidence, Jared. Yeah, I would say uh, one Turner South, you've got to have them starting in pole position for this one. Uh, but Bayswater, you know, uh, they could play spoiler. They absolutely could. And I guess it just depends on what uh, mental space they go into this game with. You know, Can they uh, find the discipline to frustrate Wontona South with their controlling style of, of game? You know, the, uh, you know, Bayswater, they take the most uncontested marks. So it's, it's very much a uh, kick, mark, keep, keepings off style game. And uh, if they are able to... Uh, manage that against the Devils, then perhaps they could frustrate them. Uh, they could uh, expose some of the weaknesses that Wontana South have shown throughout the year. Or if Bayswater just want to come and, uh, you know, just play a bit of their own style, play a bit of a, an individual-minded uh, game, uh, which is fine. It's a free hit. Uh, footy's about having fun. If they want to do that, then I would I'd say Wontana South would probably have the, the pressure and the quality to run over the top of them. I'll go for one turn to south. Uh, this is pretty much the it's the last we've been talking about the last hurrah for them for a few weeks now. But they they need to win this game. They're capable of winning the game. There's some good inclusions into the team. Four line last week started to uh, work a lot better than what it has in previous weeks. Uh, I think they're starting to get a little bit more cohesion. Um, they've had a period of time where they just weren't playing well. They'd acknowledge that. You know, Brett Moore's acknowledged it as well. They just. I think the thing with with the Devils is if they can start well and put this game out of reach early, then it certainly puts them in a good frame of mind for the remainder of the game. Bayswater, really disappointing last week against North Ringwood. Had the feeling for just a couple of weeks that even though they were winning games, and I remember at one point in time we spoke about how they were sitting fourth on the ladder and they were potentially going to steal a spot in the finals. To me, I just wasn't confident with 
some of the way that they were playing. Yes, they were winning some games, but for me, it was just not looking like they were a real finals contender for and going to be a challenger. So for me, I think Montana South will win this game. I think Bayswater, still a little bit of development for them going into 2024. I think they'll uh, you know, continue to learn from uh, what's happened this year and they'll be a better side for it. But in this contest, look, they'll be very competitive, but they need to do it for four quarters. Just not sure they're going to be able to do it against uh, Montana South at their ground. And uh, I think uh, the Devils will uh, get the points and uh, keep their slim final chances alive. I wasn't too disappointed watching them over over the past couple of days. I thought they put up a really good fight and obviously they had to come back from different stages but yeah, I I think they will definitely see this as a free hit and it's again yeah, I, I think they can definitely play smaller but it'll be but they'll want it to be a lot more closer than last time and uh, you know, maybe try some new things, you know, just that quick ball movement at times as well into their forward 50. Obviously, they, they like to play it slow, but when they move it quickly, they do look pretty threatening, But and maybe they might try to do that a bit more often. But, yeah, I you can't you can't go past one turn of south, especially at our home too, given the stakes at hand. Yeah, just for the theatre of it, you probably want to <laughs> see one turn of south win and North Ring will lose because then it actually sets up a massive game in the final round of the season. Um but if it doesn't, if North Ringwood win, you expect Beaconsfield to beat Lilydale. So that's, yeah, probably it. Yeah. And if the Devils lose, then forget that's, about it. Yeah. But, so. but on the preface of it, Ryan, I think you look at it and say, well, if we look at what the combinations could look like, I mean, if North Ringwood play finals, mm. you feel like North Ringwood have got a lot more competitive um, outlets than what, you know, they've been a little bit more consistent in the back half of the year than what one turn of South have been. Just in a finals-type game against some of these other sides, I think North Ringwood has a little bit more to offer currently at the moment. Mm-hmm. One turn of South would have to take a few more steps to have any chance of uh, winning some finals matches. They'd have to improve a lot because uh, they have uh, really slipped away uh, in the second part of the season. Yeah. So they really need to, to ramp it up in the next uh, you know, the next two weeks. They've left it too late to find form, uh, yeah. the Devils, yeah, it feels like they've, come into a yeah, they've, they've le- It feels like they've left the run a little bit too late. And if they do miss, it's their own undoing because of that inconsistency and... Probably a little bit of that lack of commitment that they had towards each other throughout part of the year. Yep. And some and, and a little bit of bad luck along the way as well. And North Ringwood, of course, only two oh, took the two points, had a draw against Montrose yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So they have shown in the second half of the season that they can be competitive come finals time. Very young side. So if it does happen to come down to that last game next week, I'll be backing North Ringwood in at mm-hmm. Quamby Reserve. But that's it for Premier and Div 1. We're going to take a quick break and then jump into Division 2. Got a bit to say to David Lager. He must have just stepped off his line there, guys. And uh, Big Gordon, not quite um, a dainty man, just snuck up on him and, <laughs> and took him out. And he's he's kicking into what is a strong breeze. He's going to probably aim for the right-hand goalpost. And this to bring the Tigers back to within four points. Yep. Very close to the man on the mark, though, here, Brash. The big fella. Didn't look comfortable, but it struck it pretty That's nicely. Right. Two in a minute for the Tigers. He's given it the double cobra. That's the first one of 2021. Yes, welcome back the to the Eastland Weekend Forecast. We've just gone through Premier and Division 1. We'll jump into Division 2 now, uh, having a look at some of the games here. There's some pretty one-sided results, you would imagine. So we'll go through those first. Baronia takes on Upper Fentry Gully. Um... It's, I think, a, a bit of a similar case to the South Belgrade-Lilladale game. First versus second. 
uh, so first, first versus last <laughs> in this one. Um, I think Baronia by a, a big, big margin. Yeah. I don't think anyone disagrees on that one. Mm-mm. Baronia, they'll win the game comfortably. And up a gully, they've just got to try and get as much out of the game as what they can and be as positive uh, when they play as what they can be. So, uh, But Baronia, they're just tuning up for the finals. Now, the next two, I think there's more of a potential for an upset, but I still think uh, everyone will be tipping the same way quite comfortably. The Basin take on Waverley Blues at Batterham Reserve. Uh, short infrastructure there for the Bears. As for the Waverley Blues, uh, I haven't got the ins, it's just the outs. So Walker, Brown, Buzzer, Russo and Playset outs. I'm not sure if that's right because I know Placid missed last week. So um, I think everyone here would be still tipping the Waverley Blues. They're probably the, the second best team in the competition at the moment. And uh, although it is a little bit of a trickier um, game out, out at Batterham, yeah. which the Bears do play that ground quite well, I still think the Waverley Blues quite comfortably. Yeah, they'll, they'll win yeah. comfortably. I mean, look, let's be honest about it. The, the, the Waverley Blues have got a, a dominant forward line and they just... And not going to be troubled by the the Bears' uh, defence. I mean, Williamson kicking a bag of goals last week, and we know that uh, the boys are very damaging in that throughout the midfield. And you know, so we expect them to uh, to win by a pretty sizable margin. And uh, the Basin are just trying to to finish the season off on a on a positive note. Absolutely, either. You are going to tip the Bears for a roughie? Uh, oh. No, I don't think so. Uh, Basin did score a pretty high score last time against Waverley Blues. Uh, it's 13-8-86. And so I think maybe uh, Langford, Tom Langford, the coach, will want to lock down uh, the Basin's attack a little bit, try and tune his defence for the finals. But other than that, I, I don't see uh, any, uh, any real... Uh, Intrigue in this game uh, in terms of the result. And then Knox versus Templestowe, again, probably a, a similar sort of situation. Knox, uh, of course, have been a, a much better side in the second half of the year and been able to take some big scalps. Uh, certainly that East Build game knocked off Ringwood not that long ago as well. So they've got the potential, but Templestowe found form again last week with uh, both Mitchin and Fogarty coming back inside and being uh, the top uh, two players of the uh Bested of the listed uh, players there, and they also bring in Carl Giovanini back again this weekend alongside Lee. So some quality uh, ins, isn't it? Midfield yeah, is yeah. going to be very hard to beat. Black and O'Brien come in for Knox, but I think Templestowe uh, again uh, probably quite comfortable. Yeah, Giovanini is a massive inclusion for them as well into midfield. It's good to get him back this time, uh, uh, this time of year to from that suspension. So yeah, it's going to be hard for Knox to knock them over, but I think last year. Earlier in the year, Knox did defeat Templestowe out there. So, who know? I think that was early on in the in the middle patch of the season. Where's at, this? At Knox Gardens, they knocked them over last year. Oh, last year. Not this not this year. Last year they yes, won that, at Knox Gardens. Right. So, I definitely think they'll get themselves up. But yeah, against a pretty much full strength Templestowe lineup. Obviously, still no bad signers, but yeah, they'll they'll get the job done. Well, they just need to ensure that they, you know, prepare themselves well. They've got a big couple of weeks coming up before finals, so they want to try and hit the ground running, so that when they hit that first final, you know, they're primed and uh, in some really good form. And uh, at the moment, they are in good form after you know the solid performance last week. And there is a lot to play for for both Waverley Blues and Templestowe because they are currently sitting second and third, but they're tied with Heathmont, so. Only two will get the double chance in the second and third position. Someone's going to be unlucky and finish fourth. And then, assuming 
Waverley Blues have got a much better run home, so you'd think they'll finish second with their percentage as well. And then Templestowe and Heath not play each other next week. So if there's a slip-up from the Dockers, that opens up for the Jets, who also uh, have a big game this weekend. They play Mulgrave. Uh, looking at the ins here, Malone, Eckert and Stevens come in for Tink, Heron and uh, Brown. As for Mulgrave, they bring in Kenny and Falloon. Uh, coming in for Cheney and Wilson. So looking at the in-form lines at the moment, Adam Booth kicks another six goals. He's kicked six goals in his last three games. How many goals has he now kicked for the season? He, it's north of 40. I think it's... Uh, I think he's... I was, I was 40, thinking close. Yeah, I was thinking... 45. Yeah, I was going to say, he's yeah, closer 45. to 50, yeah. But uh, it's yeah. a tremendous effort. Look, I mean, and he's they've really turned the corner. And we, and we acknowledge that. They, obviously, they, they had a period of time there where we questioned where they were heading. But they have really uh, got themselves together. A lot of momentum. Uh, it's a big challenge for them. And if they can get over this game... And beat Heathmont, then uh, you know they basically uh, secure that spot. Well, they do. And looking at that, I mean, Jay, would you tip him on on just on form? And the Jets have still got some outs. I know Malone and Stevens come in, but you know, you lose Lake Tink as well. So yeah. I mean, they haven't had the best run of injuries in recent form. And their game earlier in the season against the Lions, they held on by a couple of points, I think, from memory. So I think there's a, a lot of pressure on pressure on them to win this one. I'd have to agree. I think Mulgrave match up really well against Heathmont. They uh, upset them by about, I think, 10 goals in their first game last year. Uh, and uh, that, that was when Mulgrave were going through their whole, you know, home away from home at Wellington mm-hmm. Reserve uh, situation. So it was a huge upset there. Heathmont took care of them uh, later in the year. That was actually the uh, match of the round that we were at. Uh, but yeah, it, it seems that Mulgrave, I wouldn't say necessarily have the wood over Heathmont, mm-hmm. but they match up well against them and uh, the form that both teams are running into this game with uh, y- you've got to say I, I have Mulgrave as, as favourites uh, at least my my tip I would think uh, and you know just looking at a couple of the outs Lake Tink he's been he's been really important for Heathmont mm. and uh, you know like that that could really stand them in a, a little you know or it could stand Mulgrave in good stead uh, having him out and I also think that uh, I don't know if Heathmont will be able to contain what seems to be a really damaging forward line of Mulgrave that they seem to have started running into some form which is uh, which is really good to see if it's not Booth uh, getting it it's uh, Fletcher Roberts if it's not him it might be Connor Tilliard it might be uh, uh, Dean it might be Javasoni they've got uh, yeah. They've got weapons uh, all over the park there up forward for Mulgrave. Yeah, they're starting to get a, a really good spread of goal kickers, unlike what they were at the start of the year. You know, Connor Tilliard, a five-goal outing. Dean Tiakoulis, two goals in his 200th game. Uh, obviously, you've got Booth in. Felicia Roberts, I don't think he's kicked too many goals in recent weeks. All those goals have come at the start of the season. So, so there's upside. Yeah, there's definitely plenty of upside if they can get him off the chain alongside Booth. Well, I think he's been out the last couple of weeks. Well, he's missed weeks. a few, yeah. Yep. He's, he's had a couple of weeks off, but and and look, I think that's the thing. They've had that mm. balance of, uh, you know, they've been able to cover some of those players that have missed some games too. So it's been a really good effort, and Booth's uh, certainly stepped it up and kicked, uh, you know, the portion of their goals in the, the second half of the year. You know, the midfield's been been very good for Heathmont. We've talked about their, you know, their inability and their, their lack of defence. Uh, you know, particularly a few weeks ago when they played Eastfield and they were kept. Uh, you know, kept really uh, under pressure in that game when they came back and then just their inability to be able to score. So the pressure's really going to be on them tomorrow, the Jets. Uh, I think at home they probably play, well, 
they, they seem to play a little bit better. But uh, And then when they play Mulgrave, these two teams, they do have close games. Look, I think this could go either way. It's a bit of a toss of the coin game for me. Look, I'll, I'll go Heathmont, but you know, Knott's going to be surprised which which way it goes. I'll, I'll go better goal, Heathmont, but it could seriously it could go anyway. It just depends which Mulgrave turn up. If they turn up with uh, the full attitude which they have in the last few weeks, so they could uh, they could get the job done. But if Heathmont come with the determination and and the aspiration that they they really want to you know prove a point and. and Tell everyone that they're going to be a, you know, a team to watch in the in watching the finals, and uh, this is their moment to really step it up because you don't want to go into a finals um, series that uh, you know with some losses, and you know there's a, there's certainly a little bit of pressure on them uh, going in into the last couple of weeks. You know, a couple of big games don't want to be losing uh, big games going into finals games. There's that little bit more to play for for Mulgrave since Haithmon. I mean, the double chance is obviously up for up for grabs, definitely, but Mulgrave. They, uh, they still have a mathematical possibility of losing that fifth spot. They really don't want to... Uh, well, they've got Baroni game. in the last game. Yeah, so, exactly. And the thing Parts about it is this is going to come down to percentage. So mm. I suppose we all talk about that East Burwood-Ringwood game. Now, it could come down to percentage, but the reality is if Ringwood... Well, we'll jump to that in a second. We'll just get our tips because that's our next yeah. game to talk yeah. about. Just your tip uh, for this one. Mulgrave. Uh, you're going the Mulgrave yeah. um, away from home. Josh, are you... I'm going to go Mulgrave too away from home. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Heathmont, but uh, as I said, very close game, very hard to call. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually going Mulgrave as well, mm. and I, I think this is a really interesting game. I'm not 100% sure how it's going to play out, but as, as Spider alluded to, the, the other big game is Eastfield versus Ringwood. Now, before we get into the actual game, obviously it's a big week for the club that um, David Jensen uh, not going on in 2024 uh, next year, so we do wish him all the best, and you're very uh, well known down at the club. Have you been speaking to anyone? Have we got any sort of inside word of, any of the uh, the feeling <laughs> at the scoops? club this week? Oh, look, I, I was uh, president at the club last night, and I, I think the club has certainly moved on pretty quickly. Uh, from and there was uh, there was still good voice out on the track last night from. Uh, from my observations and you know they did all their normal routines on a Thursday night so selection happened as normal uh, and they still do all their normal stuff so from that point of view I think it's a business as usual approach but look from the look when any club makes a decision on their coach it's it's obviously in the best interests of of all parties so whether the club believe they've got something better or whether they believe that it's in the best interest that they they look elsewhere or whether they just think that you know this is what they need to do then the club needs to you know once they make that choice and the main that decision is made well that's the end of the matter to be perfectly truthful and uh, they, they every committee and board lives and dies by their decisions and I think for Eastfield you know look they've they had a Stewie Wine as their coach for five years. They hand the baton to to David Jensen for this year. Look, uh, they started the year slowly. They got it together for a period of time. And just in the last few weeks, it has stagnated uh, and they haven't played as good a footy as what they would have hoped. We spoke about it last week. You know, would they be disappointed if they didn't play finals? Look, definitely. If they don't play finals this year, it is... Look, it's a, it's a backward step. Is it 
uh, is it a disastrous season for them? I don't think it's disastrous. It'd be disappointing not to play finals, uh, but they certainly need to be, you know, putting on a better effort than what they put out on the ground last week. That effort against Templestowe was just well and truly unacceptable by any team that's mm. playing for a final spot. Uh, they played poorly against uh, Knox. They look, they can. They can say that there was injuries, there was players unavailable, etc. That doesn't matter when you're playing a, uh, a lesser team. You, know, the, you need to get the result. I mean, the capabilities of and talent in that team is good enough to, to win games and we've talked about it enough. I think in, in terms of what we're referencing is now they've got to make their decision as a football club where they want to head and what sort of approach they want to take uh, to get it to get the, the next best candidate in the door to coach their team. So they've got to do that and that's entrusted into the onto the board. They'll, they'll make those right decisions and uh, everyone will support them in, in what they do. So that's all that they can do. Everyone will support them in, uh, in that decision-making process. And, so yeah. we, we wish them well in what they try to do. So uh, that's the end of that. Damien Murray takes over for the next two weeks. It was a little bit surprising, the timing, uh, but there's never a right time. There's never a wrong time, I think, in, in replacing coaches. But in saying that, you know, when it's a when you're still in the mix for playing finals, you probably would. I probably maybe you know, it was probably yeah. Uh, you know, you, you, it's half a dozen one, half a dozen the other. Whether it was the right time, I mean, as we've said. So it's whether whether, but they've made that decision. So they've got to go with it now, and they've got to own that decision, and they're they're accountable for it. So they've got to they'll, and they will they'll address it, and uh, they'll make the decision. In terms of this game, though, very big game. Both these two teams played a fantastic game when they last met. Uh, Young was terrific. Uh, you know they've they've got some you know Mariani etc. You know, played some really good footy in that first half. So Ringwood will be, you know, certainly uh, you know, wanting to you know, square the ledger, and they'll certainly want to, uh, you know, get amongst this game because they still probably believe that they're, they're a small little chance. But well, yeah, let's. I mean, having a look at it. So at the moment, looking at the ladder, Mulgrave in fifth with nine wins, six is Eastfield with eight wins, Ringwood in seventh with seven wins. The one saviour for the Redbacks is their percentage. So they're pretty much on par with Mulgrave in 111%. So if they win their next two, so they've got to beat Eastfield and then they've got to beat Waverley Blue. So it's a very mm. tough two weeks to Yeah, well, there's a lot of relying on But results. if they win those yep. two and Mulgrave lose those two, they would jump into that fifth spot. But for Eastfield, you win this one. It, depending on where Mulgrave play, uh, or Mulgrave win or not this weekend, could come down percentage in that last round. They may be able to win two and Mulgrave lose two and they jump into the spot. So there's a lot of um, well, there's a lot of calculations. things to play, on, yep. play there out, there Josh. Yeah. yeah, there definitely is. And I think they'll treat this, definitely treat this as a mini-elimination final. Well, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's as simple it as that. Is, it, is, it is. And as for Lee Spurl, they'll definitely look to pounce on the opportunity if Mulgrave do drop this game. And Ringwood have got some really good inclusions. You know, Jet Latchford mm. back into Rock, Jacob mm. May, Josh Matthews as well. They lose Gibble Lamb, who is, I think, their leading goal kicker now up forward for, for Ringwood. Which so. is pretty impressive. He's a young guy. He's coming yeah. across from Nutterwadding. So different level of football here. And he has um, certainly stood up, especially with the amount of outs they've had as well. And he's only played the 12 games also. So mm. to be leading goal kicker yeah. while missing. Uh, four games, I believe. Uh, yeah. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I think uh, you know for Ringwood, they they will just give themselves 
a really big opportunity to with those inclusions, and they'll, they'll feel like they can, you know, on the big grand of East Build, they'll, they'll they'll think that they can really challenge East Build's uh, inside run, but also the outside run, and they, they if they can put the pressure on uh, the East Build you know, players, particularly uh, you know with ball in hand, and you know put that defence under a little bit of pressure, um, you know, and. Um, not allow Eastbrook to get that easy ball like they did, particularly in that third quarter, the last time the two teams met where they got those four goals, um, uh, particularly, or that second quarter, then they fought back so well, Ringwood in that third quarter early in the year. But this game, look, there's a lot hinging on it. I think always when we talk about when coaches come and go and everyone says, oh, you get a spike and coach comes and goes... Look, you potentially do, but I just think you try and strip it back as much as you can. You can go if you don't have if you if you only got to go in with the two or three fundamental basics. If you don't know everything now, your game plan and your structures, well, you may you may as well walk away now. Uh, look, is everything on the line for them? If they really want to play finals, they spell they win this game. Otherwise, if they're not if they're not committed to it, uh, and they don't play four quarters and they lose this game, well, they've. They don't deserve to play it. And no. I think it'll be their defi- – it's a defining moment of the season. And we'll talk about – it will go back to the games like the Basin and the Knox game, which they lost early in the year, and they'll be the moments uh, that have basically dictated their year. But you know, I think this game will be very Your close. Tip? I'll say the Rams narrowly at home, narrowly, very narrowly. I I think they'll win narrowly at home, I, I, less than a goal. Yeah. I, I would uh, I would say East Bowen in this one, uh, Braden Barlow, bit of an in there. They do lose Lockie Kieran, who's been yeah, he's been in good them, form uh, but, um, recently. D- Dove as well, D- Carl yeah, Dove yeah. coming out also for East Bowen, uh, and yeah, as you as you mentioned, Ryan, good ins for Ringwood, Latchford, May. Uh, they've they've both uh, you know definitely stood well, Kem- up this Kempson year. Kempson also not playing for yeah. for for East Bowen. That's you know, a good point. A couple of weeks ago. Uh, hurt himself and that was originally a, an ankle injury but it's actually turned into a, a leg injury where he had to have some surgery so uh, so he won't play shame. again this year so that's yep. a that's a big blow and he was very important in that game uh, early in the year so that'll stretch uh, Eastbird in terms of the big men department so uh, yep. yeah it, I think yeah. so I bet and it's I'm going to back Ringwood they've got a couple more tools as well and I think their inclusions are very big. It's going to be hard for me to see what Eastbrook would do in terms of the ruck battle. You know, Michael O'Dwyer did well against Jet Latchford the last time around, but I think he can take advantage, can Latchford this time yeah. around, and yeah. you know, and they definitely can take advantage of their situ of the ruck situation. Ringwood also I'll young too. The use where will they play him? Will they mm-hmm. play him a bit further up the ground, or do they need him playing in that forward fifty? Because to get those repeat entries, to get those extra looks uh, to, to get that scoreboard clicking because when he's moved up the ground they don't seem to score as much they probably get more use out of him in that in that 50 and they can get more goals from him so that might be a bit of a determining factor in this game I, as well I, I think the inclusion of Braden Barlow offsets it does yeah inclusion yeah. better yeah I'm still tipping Ringwood uh, I've got East Bird in this one I just trust their form a little bit more than uh, than Ringwood's or not necessarily their form maybe the, just the bigger picture of the season yeah I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one I'm tipping the Rams in a close one but I, I think in 
the reality is they may sneak into fifth, but I think Mulgrave are the side that can actually have a big influence. I don't think Ringwood or Eastbird will win that first week if they do make it. So oh, I think there's a, it's certainly going to be interesting, and we'll be uh, looking for those results tomorrow afternoon to see how that plays out. Let's jump into Division 3 now. Probably the only game that probably doesn't have any real significance is Warrandyte versus Sylvan. So uh, a few ins and outs for both sides. Uh, Thomas Martin and Lynch come in for the Cats. Uh, Addison Tout uh, and Tout and Phillips also come back in for the Blood. So uh, again, that's been the, their case. They've had four or five changes each week, Warrandyte. Uh, for me, Sylvan, I mean, obviously, they've locked up their final spot now. Um, so I think... There's really nothing much more to say. I think they'll that, get mm-hmm. get yeah. home comfortably. Yeah, Martin Lynch coming into the lineups, good, good to get them back ahead of finals as well. I think they they get the job done. I think it was close last time at Warren Diet Reserve, and it's been close the, the two times between the two sides. But yeah, I think this time Sylvan get the job done. Yeah, Sylvan for me, they'll 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 get this done pretty comfortably. I think Warren Diet's uh, probably just looking to touch the finish line and. Uh, get away from what has been a pretty disappointing uh, season for them but Sylvan, there's some uh, good chances I still think they can go pretty well in this final series coming up. Mm, I, I think there are some good ins there for Warren I, I like the touts coming back in and obviously Phillips uh, but you know Sylvan, they just have the quality uh, that they have uh, you know more to play for uh, in the coming season, they need to run themselves into form and make sure that they've got everything set up for a what will be a big final series for them, especially with a couple of really uh, strong contenders to come up against in uh, Donvale and Fentry Gully. Absolutely. Uh, Coltrane versus Whitehorse now. A couple of weeks ago, or just last week, this looked like this would decide who finishes last and gets relegated, who survives. But with Coltrane defeating Warrandyte last week, it means there's a two-game gap. It's very hard to see Whitehorse winning both of their remaining games of the season. I believe they've got Ferntree Gully in that last yeah. round. Mm. Although they did, you know, that feels like years ago <laughs> that they defeated them um, at Springfield Park early in the season. So I think either way, I think they're going down, even if they do win this game. Uh, just the ins, uh, Craig comes in for Higgins there for Coldstream. Uh, Whitehorse brings in Mills, Richardson and Sim. So have we seen Sim for a, a while? I think he's been missing the last couple of weeks. So yeah, probably about the last month, I think. Yeah, yeah that's so a pretty big inclusion good, there. good inclusion there. Uh, Coldstream at home for me. I just yeah. think they're playing some better footy at the moment. Yeah, Coldstream got some confidence, haven't they? Uh, I think, obviously, when uh, Fridge comes back in that team, he uh, sort of ignites them a bit. But uh, I think uh, at home they'll... Uh, get the job done. Yeah, I think that's the point of difference. Fritch up forward, whereas Whitehorse, you've got options, but not as many as Coldstream with Fritch up there. I think they get the job done, Coldstream. Mm-hmm. I've got Coldstream as well. Just, uh, yeah, Whitehorse are just playing out the season at this point. Uh, I don't think there's too much, uh, you know, uh, too much fight left in them, sorry to say. Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're right. Uh, now, the other two games, Ferntree Gully, Val, in terms of, you know, the ladder positions, Nothing changes depending on who wins. So the two sides will play in the first week of the finals mm. on the Saturday. And then potentially, and based off the form of the season, they'll meet in the grand final if um, they can win. Or the loser of that game then wins the preliminary final. If it isn't if, there's Sylvan and Oakley and even maybe Fair Park who um, certainly have something to say about that. But... I mean, this for me, this is the potential grand final yep. preview, I mm-hmm. think. And we've been saying it all year, and just with the way the two sides have been performing. Um, Murphy and Pell come in for the uh, Magpies as Battaglini returns for Ferntree Gully. 
it's an interesting one. They did defeat Donval early in the season. Josh at Wally to reserve. Since then, Donval have become pretty much un, unbeatable with just yeah. the way they're playing their football at the moment. Furniture Gully, a couple of key injuries to some of their key players, has made things a little bit tougher. It was good to see McComb back out there last week. Um, looking at this game, do you, can you see him defeating Donval? Because I know it doesn't really matter, but there might be a bit of a mental edge for the, the side that does get the job done, knowing that they've beaten the other team 2-1 during the regular home away season. I think so. We saw them the last time, these two men, the big difference pretty much on the day was the midfield, but it particularly... And the, and the conditions too, because that yeah. did play havoc. <laughs> yeah, and I think they're much nicer conditions this time around. McComb, if he gets a full game in, he's going to be massive in that midfield. Obviously, still no Kennedy, but I thought... When they were with the side they had on the park that day, I thought they were fine, and they definitely can take it up to Don Val. Their inclusions in Murphy and Pell just make them somehow even more stronger, which is the scary thing. And I don't think they'll want it to be close this time around. I, I think they'll want a statement, just given the form they're in. They're being a lot more dominant than Virtue Gully, but I think yeah, it's gonna go. It's gonna go down to the wire, be close, but just given the form that the the Magpies are in, you. You can't not tip against them. He, I, I'm, I'm backing them in, but Furniture Gully will definitely get themselves for, up for this contest. Tipping Donvale, but I think Furniture Gully, they're right in this contest, and they it'll be good for them to win a game against Donvale before the finals, mm. just to give them the confidence to know that they can beat them. Donvale need to come with the right attitude tomorrow. I mean, that because... They need to know that if they... Because if they don't come with the right attitude and they lose tomorrow, it does give a bit of a... I suppose you, you can lose a little bit of momentum against you, against yourself. You sort of say, OK, well, yeah, look, we've lost the game before the finals. It a little bit like the Collingwood-Carlton scenario last week. So Collingwood... Everyone says it's the loss that Collingwood had to have. Yeah, and true. Probably true. But you, you, winning form is good form for me. But... You do want to try and uh, you want to try and have good habit going into the finals, but Furniture Gully they'll be pushing, doing everything they can to try and win the game. I'll go with Donvar, but I think Furniture Gully are a really good chance uh, to get the win at home. I think they can uh, certainly push them uh, a fair bit of the way. But I'll uh, I'll go Donvar, but I think this might be pretty close. I think there might be about a two or three goal in the night. As much as I think Furniture Gully are a shot, I really can't see a world in which Donvar don't go into this with the with the right attitude because uh, I mean if they have haven't gone in if they haven't gone in with the wrong attitude against teams like Oakley, Warren, Diet, Fair Park, which they've all thumped by ten goals. Sylvan, uh, they've thumped each of these teams by ten goals. If if they were off, so to speak, uh, on those days, then maybe those teams would have had a chance. Uh, Donvale were clearly not off, and I don't see why they would be off for their, a game against uh, second place in a potential grand finals uh, grand final contender at the end of the year. So I, I've got I've got Donvale in this one. I don't think there's any complacency there. I don't think there's any uh, sort of above-the-shoulder issues going in for the for the Magpies at all. Well, you're right. Look at the last six. Uh, they've just been clinical. I think they've won each game by at least 50 points. I'm not going to work out the math um, right in front of me. And then before that Furniture Gully game, which was pretty close, a 21-point margin, you'd have to go back to that first couple of weeks. Uh, they did have a close one against Whitehorse and then obviously that match of the round in uh, round one against Warrandyte, which was a goal on the siren. But other than that, they They've just been um, the the dominant force, Josh. Yeah, they've they've passed the hundred mark 
ever since that Furniture Gully game in every single game and the highest score they've conceded is 54 points yeah, and that was against Wydors. Staggering statistic, isn't it? It's mm. quite remarkable just how dominant and is that, they've been. is that a concern for Furniture Gully? Because they haven't hit 100 since round nine against the Cats and, yeah. I mean, a couple of games, you look at last week, 7-17, so you can reverse that and, and you have a much higher score. Well, you just got to yeah. find a way, don't you? you just got to take a bit more risk, a bit more dare, and it's a good opportunity for Furniture Gallery to play with a little bit of flair tomorrow, a bit of risk, a uh, bit of challenge, uh, you know, work out the angles and take on a game plan that you know that you can work on and build upon going into a final series because you know you're going to play them a few more times before mm. the end of the season. You're going to have to beat them to win the premiership. That's I, the yeah. ultimate thing. So, uh, But I think that's a, that is the challenge for Furniture Gully tomorrow. Can they build something, even if they don't win the game, can they build something to give them something to take into the finals when they next meet them? Yep, spot on. And I think it will be a bit of a, a lower scoring game. I don't think Donval will hit the 100 mark so easy tomorrow, but I am tipping them. I, that was a, a, a unanimous tip yeah, for yeah, so. the Magpies. And then the final game in Division 3, Fair Park versus Oakley District. Now, looking at the ladder, so it's still, <laughs> even if Oakley do lose this one, they'll still be two points ahead and you'd expect them to beat Warrandyte, who they've thumped twice now in that final game of the season. But it will certainly make things interesting if Fair Park do... Uh, a bit of a, I guess you would say, an upset win. They did beat them at home under mm. lights earlier in the season. Um, Rara and Williams come in for the Lions. As for Oakley, they've made uh, quite a few changes. Ho, Cochran, Ambrose and Heath come in. Actually, a couple of big outs there in Ryan Pearson, uh, Bonnicky and, and Hawkins as well. But um, looking at the this um, matchup, I think Oakley District will certainly come in as favourites. I think their form has been... Um, still pretty solid. Even last week against Donval, they showed in patches of what they can do against the top side. Obviously, overrun in the end by a significant margin. But other than that, they've been pretty consistent for the last uh, four to five weeks. So for me, I think Oakley will win this one. But Fair Park win it. It makes it um, a lot more interesting finish to the season. I, I'm i actually going to go Fair Park. I, I, I think... Oakley's outs are pretty big. Simon Hawkins, mm-hmm. Pearson, and Bernard- and Bernacci, and both Pierce- Pearsons aren't playing. So oh, that is true. I, I did forget about Blake Pearson. Yeah, they're, they're two really big outs, having those two. They're, they're probably their two best players by a fair margin, the, the Pearson brothers. So, obviously, you still got Zach Bazanich, Andrew Webb, and still plenty of players that have put together good seasons in the lineup. But I just think this Fair Park lineup is... Almost at full strength, you know, no Ben Gilling still, which is a bit of a loss for their forward line. But I just, I, I think that with the strength of both sides, I'm back in Fair Park in and who knows, the last time they met a Fair Park reserve might play on the minds of Oakley District players. I don't think it will because they de- defeated them, I think, at Princess Highway Reserve a couple of weeks ago. So, but a yeah. bit of... I mean, you looked at that game early in the season. They dominated the first half, Spider, and mm. couldn't put it on the scoreboard and left the lines in it. And I don't know, there's a, some sort of thing about a night game. Uh, <laughs> some people don't like that um, in well, terms of... night games do have a different effect, don't they? Uh, conditions certainly have you know, today games. So, obviously, we've got due, you have due uh, weather conditions can, can alter. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. And when, when, you, know, when you consider those selection ins and outs but I'm still going to go with I'm still going to go with Oakley Districts I, I still think they're playing good enough footy um, 
this is a test of the depth. So, and this is the depth that they need to step up, as we talked about with some other sides, and they need to show that they're wanting to play in the senior lineup and play finals footy. So, you're only as strong as your depth, and I think Oakley can cover that depth. So, uh, I think they'll win the game. I think Fair Park will, at home will certainly push them, but I think in the end they'll be able to uh, find a way to win. And Jared, I mean, mm. Fair Park have probably found some options up forward as well without Gilling. Dadswell's had um, quite an impact in the last few games, ranking kicked another three on the weekend. So they do have some scoring options up forward. Um, do you think they, at home, they can win this one and make it a bit of a grandstand finish of the season? They s- would still have to beat Sylvan away yep. from home, so it's still very tricky. But yep. um, they at least, if a win would at least... Um, Give him a chance. I, I wouldn't be shocked either way, to be honest, uh, Who whoever won this game. I've got Fair Park in this one personally. I, I really think there's a lot to play for. They're in some really good form as well. I, I've been very impressed by... Uh, you know how they've been able to. Uh, they were able to draw against Fentry Gully uh, a couple of weeks ago. I, I think that's you know nothing to be uh, to uh, to turn your nose up mm-hmm. at. They also out um, outscored not outscored them, but they had more scoring shots in that game than Fentry Gully. So it showed you know potentially a bit more of a, a dominant performance than uh, what the result uh, actually suggests. Yeah, I've got Fair Park in this one to be honest. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be a very interesting game, which we'll certainly be having a look at the results tomorrow to see where that one's going. Let's jump into Division 4 now. A uh, big game at Churnside Park against Surrey Park, which we'll leave to last. We'll just quickly go through the other two. Kilsyth versus Nutterwadding. Um, everyone would be tipping the Cougars yeah. on this one. They've locked up a top two spot as well. Yeah, yeah. Kilsyth to win this game. Nutterwadding, Josh was... Uh Bit of a surprise that they lost at home. Mm. Uh, uh, it's not too much of a surprise, just given Croydon North's improvements. But I think they'd be a bit disappointed. Yep. I think they want a better performance this time around. But yeah, they I just want to be more competitive, and they probably just would have felt that at home they could have provided mm. uh, a better account of themselves. But yeah, Croydon North, uh, thumbs up to them, and they're uh, got their feet up this week with a bye. But uh, uh, Kilsyth doing everything right at the moment, and. Uh, they're going to put themselves in a comfortable position uh, at the top of the ladder. And then the other game, Scoresby versus Forest Hill. Now, I, I had a look at trying to work out the math on trying to make a case for Forest Hill. I think there was one. Josh, you read my article, didn't you? Yeah, you, I think it was 200 <laughs> points they had to win by this week against so possibility. Scoresby. It's still, possible. It's still alive. But I, Pythagoras, uh, Pythagoras yeah, theory. I, I had the calculator out this week, but... Um, no, they didn't do themselves any favours last week getting pumped by Surrey Park. And I think just with the way they're going at the moment, um, uh, they're just, even if they did make it, they weren't going to have the quite the impact. And for Scoresby, they've got to find some form uh, ahead of a final series, uh, potentially probably playing Churnside Park, who they just lost to uh, the other week. Um, by five goals. So they've got to find some form if they are to win a final. They've got a lot of injuries, a lot of outs, a lot of things changing, but I think they win this one quite comfortably at home. Yeah, yeah they'll win yep. the game. Adam yeah, Bronsky's come back into the lineup also helps, and there's it, a couple of good inclusions here, but yeah, I think they should get the job done comfortably. Yeah, and I've got scores in this one. Sorry. No, you're it. good, Jared. And then the final. <laughs> you're back with us. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the final game of the season. Oh, season. Uh, final game of the weekend Churnside Park versus Surrey Park. Now, you looked at the last time these two sides played, Churnside Park at the time, won by, I think, about five goals, and it yeah. was a massive upset considering where the two sides were at that time of year. But the way Churnside Park have 
um, coming to the second half of the season, got most of their players back on the park. They've looked dominant and won the best sides in the division. Uh, Surrey Park in the last three to four weeks have also found mm. a lot of form and become a uh, real threat again after maybe a bit of a mid-season slump. And both sides, we haven't got Churnside Park's uh, list here, not in front of me anyway, <laughs> but Surrey Park have made a few changes as well. Tannen, uh, Tanner, O'Brien, Vidika, Gale come in. Uh, Nick Cairn back out of the side alongside Woodville, Garvin and uh, Fakari. So uh, a couple of big outs for them. Yeah. Don't know if Churnside Park will remain unchanged or not. But at Churnside 2, it also has implications on where the uh, two sides will finish come the end of season. I'll get that up on my laptop while I'll let you talk <laughs> yeah. about this game, Josh, just yeah, to, uh, to go through yeah. it properly. Yeah, I think it's... A vi- it- I think Brash mentioned it on the weekend recovery. It's it's definitely the match of the round of this division. It's um, yeah. Since that game though, for for Surrey Park, they've you know that day I think it was three or four debutants they had a couple of nineteen. I think five or six nineteens in the lineup now. You know, obviously there's a couple, but it's a it's a much much stronger lineup than it was last time around. And obviously, no Cannon Woodfall don't help up forward you know they've been in pretty good form in recent weeks Matt Garvin as well has come back into the senior fold and done really well but it's still a really strong lineup you know Mitch Gale coming back in I think he's a was a vice captain last year but Turnside will definitely get themselves up for this contest I think you know they are playing some really good footy they have the midfield to match it up to Surrey you know with Warren Schmidt coming in there the the Clavant brothers, Grant Stevens in Ruck, um, and, and they have the forward line, you know, with uh, Scott Dwyer and Lee Odomat all firing. So, yeah, I think it's set up for a really interesting contest. And, you know, the last couple of times, they've been pretty lopsided meetings. Two to Surrey Park, and then obviously the one earlier in the season to Churnside Park. But before that, they were always, they always matched up so well and were always so close with one another. I think it's going to be that similar margin this time around. I think it's going to be a, a really hotly contested finals-like game and a, a pretty close one too. Good challenge, boys, isn't it? Really, I mean, yeah. Jared in particular, isn't it? I mean, you, when you think about what what Surrey Park offer and then Churnside Park, you know, you look at their lineup. I mean, the challenge is there for Surrey Park to you know to win away from uh, to win away from home. And that, uh, yep. look, I think I think they can do it. Um, Churnside Park. Are, are, are proving to be a lot better side uh, in the second half of the season. They've started to hit their straps a little better and a bit more consistency. So, look, I, I think Surrey Park, but I think this game will be uh, a lot closer. And uh, I actually wouldn't be surprised if they do get up at uh, <laughs> Churnside Park. But I will go for Surrey Park. But I think this game might uh, be uh, pretty close. So I think this might only have a couple of goals in it. I was impressed with uh, Chenside Park being able to keep sorry to four eight thirty two uh, back in round ten. It, it's it's starting to show through that they are looking like a bit of a, uh, a defensive side, Chenside uh, Park, uh, especially you know that Kilsyth game as well. Only kept them to four goals, so it, it's it'll be interesting to see how uh, sorry's forward line is able to contend with the yeah the seemingly defensive nature of Chenside's uh, game style. Uh, and then they do have those weapons up forward, which uh, should be definitely worried about. Uh, I ha- still have to go just on basic form. I have to go for Sari because they've started to really hit their stride towards the end of the season. They've got you know fi- a final series coming up where they need to expect themselves to uh, to go ahead and 
you know, run the table, uh, actually take out the take out the premiership because they were the favourites coming into the start of this year. Mm-hmm. They may go into the final series as favourites. We'll see where Kilsyth lands, and uh, you know they they just need to believe. They need to uh, you know take on this uh, fourth spot team and uh, and beat them, do away with them. Well, it certainly do because if they lose this game they actually may drop out of the top two because mm. they've got a tough ass against Kilsyth in the final round That's of the true. season. Um, so looking at it, if Turnside, they've got Nutterwadding next week, so you'd expect yeah. them to win that. So they'll win there too if they if they beat Surrey Park tomorrow. And then that would be relying on Surrey Park needing to win that final game of the season against Kilsyth to finish top two. They lose, they play Scoresby in the first week of the finals mm. in elimination mm. while Turnside play Kilsyth in the... Uh, uh, qualifying final if you will or the semi-final too if they, <laughs> that's what they name it as but in saying that like it, there's a lot on the line for, for both sides so it, it is still a hard ask for Churnside Park because they are relying on the result to go their way next week but I mean to, yeah. to imagine where they were before three games outside the top it, four if they could finish the top two it would be incredible it'd be remarkable I, I we were riding them off in the middle of the se- season, and yeah, we thought Forest Hill would be fourth. Yeah, mm. but now they're just they're flying. They and they are a genuine premiership threat. Their best has proven that they can take it up. And who knows, Scott Hardy's tip may be right from the start of the <laughs> well, season. Oh yeah, so. we, we laughed yeah. at him, but yeah, <laughs> uh, there. But yeah, I'm still back in Surrey. They're a much stronger side this time around than against than they were the last time they faced Churnside. But it's going to be a really close game, a really hotly contested one too. And Spider and Jared, your tips. Oh, I said I said sorry, Park for the that for that game. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. I'm yep. going to go with uh, sorry, Park in this one. But uh, I think it'd be close. Yeah, yeah, I think it'd be close. I'm just looking at the defensive uh, side of sorry, Park as well. They haven't let through too many goals in the past mm-hmm. few weeks. I'm counting five in the past three weeks. Yeah, pretty. Which, yeah, <laughs> pretty <laughs> miserly. <laughs> pretty miserly defense. Yeah, nine in the past four weeks. Yeah, it's yeah, impressive. Yeah, so for me as well, I think I'll tip Surrey Park. But in a close one, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if uh, Churnside Park do win at home. And that's it for us for the five divisions this weekend. And as always, it's a Super Boost Ruffy of the Week time. We need um, a little bit of a sting that comes yeah, in. Yeah, we yeah. do. <laughs> That'll be something for next year. I'll put someone on that task. But... Um, <laughs> Josh? I was going to go South Croydon. I did tip them in the end. I'm having a bit of a hard time. Yeah, I'm having second. Does anyone else have anyone? Because I don't. I've got to go through them again. It's a tricky round for for the Super Boost Ruffy. Any game that uh, is a potential or at least a valid Ruffy is probably too far gone. Is Noble technically a Ruffy against Roval? I yeah, I'll go with Noble this week. Yeah, well, ladder position Noble. would ladder position would indicate that it could be a roughie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go with Noble then as my roughie. Spider, I'll go down the divisions. I won't go. Oh, I could do something really outrageous, but I'll do it. <laughs> I was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna. I won't do it. I won't. I'm not. I don't think I'll go. I don't think I'll go down the path that I was encouraged to. I think I have an idea what what you were about to. <laughs> but uh, just I'll go. Trips, right? I'll go down. I'll go. I'll go for Fair Park uh, as my roughie um, in that yeah, against against Oakley. Yeah. That's a good one, Jared. I've got Warren Dyke. 
Warrandyce. Sylvan. I know they don't have as much to play for, uh, but I like their ins. And uh, Sylvan have proven themselves to be a little inconsistent at times, maybe not so much so in the most recent month, but they had a patch in the middle of the year where they showed they uh, they maybe a little bit wishy-washy in terms of form. So I, I, I'm going to go Warrandyte in this one at home as well. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I'll, I'll go, can we give it to a second-place side? Seeing how strong Don Valor at the moment, would Fentry Gully come in as a bit of a roughie? Yeah, I yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Just because just because Don Valor are that uh, dominant, yeah. And if you said no anyway, I would over. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's my game, my you rules. Are. So <laughs> <laughs> super roughie, the Fentry Gully, but. Uh, Spider, where are you tomorrow? You, you're I'll, off to a I'll, game? Or? No, I'll head, to, I'll, I'll head to the East Burwood Ringwood game and uh, watch that game unfold and uh, I'll report back in. But uh, looking forward to seeing a lot of the uh, the action across the weekend and looking forward to hearing about all the results as they come across uh, the airwaves. Uh, I think it's going to be a wonderful weekend of footy, so get out and enjoy it. We know the weather might be a little bit challenging. But uh, enjoy your football. Uh, get out and watch the netball tonight and get out and watch the women's football as well. And uh, junior football on Sunday, there's plenty uh, plenty to satisfy everyone's uh, footy needs. And you're off to Marvel tonight to watch the Tigers? Uh, I will be at Marvel. Uh, you're a Richmond sport, so you probably don't go to Marvel. No, I'm not, I won't go. I'm, I'm, <laughs> don't, I never go there. Won't be going for the next couple of weeks. It's a joke that we have to play there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll, uh, we'll move on from that. But big weekend and... Uh, I think we'll all enjoy our footy and uh, we'll reconvene next week. Absolutely. Uh, Jared, you'll be there tomorrow at Baldwin. Yep, very much looking forward to that. Hopefully the weather holds off for Dylan and I. Uh, we'll, we'll be down on the boundary line. It'll be interesting to see. Bring, a, bring um, an umbrella. I, yeah, I probably will. Um, it's a shame. We had a lovely day yesterday in the sun. I know. We've had a lovely I, week. Yeah, it has been very good. Yeah, it just happens to be Saturday that's <laughs> yes. going to be the crap on. But Typical, well, isn't it? Yeah. And Josh exactly. as well, calling again. I'm sure you're looking forward to it. Have you called a ball one before? Oh, I don't think I have. I haven't called Premier, I think, since Anzac Day, actually. So it's been a while, and the last time I did call was Surrey Park as well. So, um, yeah, a bit of a step up from a bit of a step up the divisions from last time. But um, oh, it's going to be a great day. Oh, I reckon it's going to be an absolute... A, a ripper out there at Ball and Fizzy Park. You're yes, not moving too right. far geographically, at yeah. least for this one. Seems I am. <laughs> <laughs> but neither are you. I don't think neither are you, Jared. No, so no, it's I'm perfect not. for it's us. Closest ground to me. Yeah, which I've, I like. I've, I've so you can walk there. Yeah, I, I probably could actually. It'd probably be about half an hour. Anyway. Take me about four hours to walk yeah. to my place, but um, <laughs> that game you can catch all the coverage from one fifteen pm Radio Eastern or on our Facebook and YouTube streams. Until then, we'll see you next time. Uh, O'Regan probably just outside his distance, oh. although he's made a fool of me there. Beautiful kick. What a season he's had, Mark O'Regan. He puts through. Okay, bursting through. Birds off one, kicks around the corner. He's